Reason to be cheerful. 1 to 3 p.m. on SAFM. Things we do. And you do good, and we talk about it here on Life Happens. And it's another do good Donald Duck, and we have another incredible do good do gooder rather joining us today. And uh, this incredible lady turned her pain into beauty after being diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And the diagnosis was followed by days of living with pain, chemotherapy sessions, and hair loss. And after several tries of wearing ill-fitting and sometimes hot wigs and scarves, she decided to make her own line of gorgeous multicolored hats with delicate handmade flowers to wear and that flourished into an amazing paid forward campaign uh, where she now makes hats for hundreds of other women who are battling with cancer. Laurie Ann Bibak joins us on the line from Cape Town to tell us more about her bold and beautiful campaign. Laurie Ann, I am so inspired by your story only because it's also close to my heart. Um, I lost some to um, breast cancer and I walk through that journey with her so thank you so much for sharing your story and for allowing us to speak to you this afternoon welcome to life happens hi Laurie and welcome to life happens thanks so much thanks for having me so tell us about that moment when you received the news um, and when you received the diagnosis what went through your mind um, I think obviously I felt a lump and uh, so when you do go for your mammogram and they sort of, you know, become jittery around you, then it's, it's not really foreign. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, yeah, afterwards, after the mammogram, I knew something was wrong. I immediately saw the surgeon. He told me it doesn't look great. And then obviously the following day, I was very lucky. Everything happened very quickly for me. The following day, they told me, no, it's infiltrating tubular cancer. Mm. But over that weekend, obviously, the thing that goes through your head is, oh, shucks, you know, I still need to do so much and I still want to do so much and I don't want to die because with my mom and my dad, both of them got um, cancer and both of them, obviously, after their chemotherapy died. So I think my reference wasn't um, the ideal for me. So I immediately thought, oh, this is the beginning of the end. Mm. That is, initially you are very traumatized and I was sad, crying, but you know what, then you need to go with your further testing and from Mm. there, yeah, you have to um, do it day by day. And I think that's the thing that's the only thing that helped me through the journey. Yeah. And how soon after that did you start with chemotherapy? So I exactly, uh, two weeks after my um, diagnosis, I started with chemotherapy, which is also a very uh, fast one. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was, I was grateful. I think a lot of people get very nervous when they take four weeks, six weeks. It's not like you're going to live longer if they die or do treatment quicker but it obviously helps with your mind because your mind is so powerful that you just want to start your treatment because it does feel like you know i need to do as much as i can as quick as i can because what Mm -hmm. if you know i i don't see christmas or something Mm -hmm. you know so your mind plays a big role in your head Mm. and how long ago were you diagnosed and lorianne I was diagnosed on the 25th of October last year. Okay, so it's still quite new. So, I mean, um, one of the side effects of chemotherapy is that, of course, you start losing your hair. And um, when did your hair start falling out? 
Yeah, so with um, not everybody gets the same chemotherapy. So I got the red chemo, which is a very um, toxic chemo and kills off all your fast dividing cells. So within, I think it was 13 days from that first red chemo, my hair yeah, started falling out. So it was very quick. All right. Laurie Ann, stay with us. We're going to take a break. We are in conversation with Laurie Ann, who is going through um, cancer treatment, but she has turned this battle that she's going through into um, something beautiful. And she's got her own line of gorgeous multicolored hats with delicate handmade flowers to wear. And from what we read and from what we know is that they are in demand. So stay with us. We'll continue this conversation after the break. Life happens weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Thanks for staying with us. It's still a Do Good Donald Dach feature. We, of course, talk to people who are making a difference. And uh, Laurie Ann, so we were talking about you starting your chemotherapy and, of course, your hair starts to fall out. And then, of course, you have to cover your head. You decided to use scarves and wigs. Was this a mission for you? Yes, I actually tried to, um, starting my chemotherapy, had a friend pop in and she was giving me the ropes on how to do the wrap around the head and the buff and everything, Mm. which worked initially, but that to me became very tedious and it's a very hot exercise and whenever you lie down, this whole thing comes off and then you've got to take another half an hour to to try and wrap it again. So um, I asked another friend of mine to help me with a hat, and so she designed a few. Mm-hmm. And then it came about that I didn't want to just have two hats because I needed something every day. I wanted to look different. So me and a friend sat down and went to Pinterest and Googled chemo hats and chemo caps and mm-hmm. came upon a, a design, which I liked. And then she's a little bit of a designer, so she helped me compile the hat into a pattern and that pattern is the pattern that I'm still using today. So um, I don't want it to look like a beanie. That's mm-hmm. the one thing I don't want to create. So they need to look like um, the the African ladies wear these um, wraps with got lots yes. of height. And it, you know, mm-hmm. it just looks gorgeous. So yes. I wanted to try and create something like that. And so this is what I've got now. Yeah. And I saw some of them online. I mean, different materials. And what type of material um, do you sort of go for? I guess it's something that has to be comfortable, something that you um, that can be something that you can wear throughout the day. Yeah. So what I it needs to be stretch material. So I came upon a material called scuba. Mm-hmm. It's very in now. Whenever you go to any shop, they've got scuba material. So that's got nice patterns and it's nice and stretchy. And then sometimes I'll get a like a, a bullet. Uh, it's called bullet. It's also stretchy. So it needs to be stretched and, and, and structured. It mustn't be a floppy stretch material because as soon as it doesn't have um, enough oomph, it doesn't stand up properly. So... Yeah, it's got to be a thicker material, but it needs to stretch because I only make one size Mm -hmm. and my head size seems to sort of fit everybody's size that I, if I send it off, I haven't really had complaints that they're too small or Mm -hmm. too big. And if they're too big, you can sort of just stitch it at the bottom to fit around your head. Yeah. Before we talk about how, you know, people, this has just blown over and people are taking quite a lot of interest in this. Let's speak about your Facebook page. What do you call it and what was the inspiration behind that? 
Um, I started it in December to journal my journey. Mm. And so it wasn't at all a plan to do hats and sell hats. So every day I made a hat for myself and posted it online. And it was just for me to, because I don't like writing. It's too tedious and uh, it's not me. So I thought, let me do it like that. And then obviously in years to come, as the memories come up, you know, then it will just always remind me of what I had to go through. And as I was sharing the hat, the people then started asking me, where did I buy it and where can I get it? And that's when I started making like more than one at mm-hmm. a time. And it just from there escalated into me making more. So I, while I was doing chemo, I never had a chance to feel sick because I was just sewing, sewing hats and sending hats off. So the Bold and Beautiful Hats by Laurie Page started purely with me sharing my journey and then people taking interest in the hats and yeah, yeah it yeah. never would have gone that far if people didn't ask me where did that where did i buy them and this journaling of yours on facebook do you find that it has started sort of like a, a community of of support you know for people that are affected by cancer Yes, it it definitely has. And also what I often get is that people that don't have cancer that know a friend who has, because I share different things, what Mm -hmm. not to say to a cancer patient, what to say, what to do, what to give, all those kind of information tips. So they find it useful when they have a friend um, who's going through cancer and what what they are thinking. Because, I mean, I'm brutally honest (laughs) on my page when I do the videos. I'm not trying to hide it and make it a... uh, It's not a great experience. But just to be real... Yeah, so mm. I think yeah, it definitely helps the people with cancer, but also for the ones that don't have and have a friend. Yeah, so that they understand. And what are the mm. some of the things that you have to go through? I know with um, a loved one that I've lost, I mean, she'd always be so tired after chemotherapy. And, you know, sometimes even your skin tone would change because sometimes chemotherapy can be quite harsh. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, with mine, obviously, the hair loss is the big thing. Yes. The tiredness, the nauseousness, that was really bad. Um, I, I sometimes feel I didn't have loads and loads of symptoms with the chemotherapy itself, except that the tiredness is there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also a Pilates instructor, so I wasn't allowed to, to be sick for too long. So in my red chemotherapy time, which was 12 weeks, I didn't teach and then when I got the other 12 weeks of chemotherapy, I was actually doing well. So I was teaching class again. And now I've had a mastectomy, so now I'm off again. But um, I basically, I think, got it very easy. I was very mm-hmm. nauseous. Three, four days constantly, tired for a week afterwards with a red chemo. That's probably the worst one to have to challenge. Mm. And then the other set of twelve really it didn't it didn't make me tired, it didn't make me nauseous. So I'm very grateful for that. And in during that twelve weeks my ear also started growing, which was great. <laughs> and I also saw that um you know your husband and your son and um, other people in your life actually embarked on a shave a thon. Yeah, so we had a shave a thon um obviously when you're here starts falling out you can feel it because your hair follicles get very sore and very sensitive so I thought I'm not going to wait for the hair to um, fall out I don't want to see these patches so we decided a few of us to just shave it all off 
And then when it does fall out, you know, it's shorty. It's not so um, it's not so emotional when you see this sh- short hair fall out and having your long hair lying on your cushion and yes. ugh, yeah, mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah. So we had a shave on. So the plan is that I'm still going to do it every year, not this year, yes. but every de- every October in the months of mammograms, and I'm going to shave my hair off. So that's the one thing I've decided I'm going to do. So we'll have to watch the space and see if I'm actually going to go ahead with it next year. <laughs> All right, Laurie, and stay with us. Let's take a break and then we will continue with that inspirational journey of yours. Life Happens, weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. And it's our Do Good Donor Dag feature, of course, where we talk to people that are making a difference. And uh, in line on the line with us is Laurie Ann uh, Bibak, who is going through um, cancer treatment, chemotherapy. She was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And uh, through that process, she found sort of like a new talent where she is making these gorgeous multi-colored hats and uh, she has women all over the world that are now taking interest in them also buying them so she's staring she's sharing her story with us laurie and thank you so much for uh, staying with us Thank you, thank you. Okay, so now that people have taken interest of the beautiful work that you're doing um, through Facebook, you, I hear that even ladies from countries such as the Netherlands uh, are now ordering your hats. So it, it started as something that you did on your own. Have you had more people come on board to help you create these hats? Um. Yeah, I've got a few girlfriends who help me. Mm. So on a Tuesday after Pilates, they come in and the one lady helps me to stitch. So we try about 50 of these hats a week. So it's not a a production line. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I do um, on my own. And then, um, yeah, so when I get time, I stitch and I've got one lady that helps me. And then I have workshops with flowers. So people help me to make flowers. I've had a competition and people donate flowers for me because I can't, I don't have time to make all the flowers. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is not a business. I try and keep it, um, yeah, it's something that I can do in my own time. And I don't want to create it into a business either. So it's not a mess. People think I've got a... Mm-hmm. Uh, Gara, or I don't know, maybe a big shop with a load of girls stitching for me, but it's basically me and Louisa, mm-hmm. and we're the only two that stitches, and so therefore I pre-make the hats, and they are the way they are, so I don't do like orders, I wanted this color with that flower, um, yeah, they come as they go, so I take photos, and then you choose your hat, and then you, um, yeah, and then I post it to the people. And I mean, this is such a great business opportunity. Why didn't you grab it and run with it? Is there a reason why? I uh, know, I know. I think a lot of people, because it's my paying it forward, mm. um, and then it becomes difficult when it's a business because you know I don't want people to think that I'm trying to make money out of this. It's, mm. For me, it's. I give my first hat to a chemo patient for free. Yes. And then after that, I sell them at a hundred rand. Um, so for me, it's not, I don't know, maybe later on, but for now in this year where I'm going through all my therapy and my mm-hmm. treatment, this is what I want to do at least for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And then I'll reassess it probably at the end of the year and see what, what's the plan forward. But for now, it's not about making money. It's, 
I feel like it's my journey mm-hmm. uh, that I've turned into lemonade yes. and that I want to, yeah, I want to pay it forward for people because if I didn't get cancer, I never would have made these hats. So mm-hmm. it's like a little bit of a, you know, this is the purpose I'm, I'm, I'm must, I've probably been given and the meaning in my life that I need to, yeah, that's what I need to do. Absolutely. And what keeps you going? You know what, um, me and my sister before, when my dad died last year, she came upon this quote called um, Memento Vivere, um, and it, it means to live in the moment. And I think that's all I do, from one day to the next day, and from one minute to the next minute. And when you're lying there, having the red chemotherapy, and you're so nauseous, and you just want to vomit, and you feel horrible, then I used to just go from this minute to the next, the next hour to the next, the next moment to the next moment. So, but you don't overanalyze it too much. Mm-hmm. Just do what you can do for now. And then, um, because one can go into analysis of paralysis and then yes. you, yeah, you lose, you lose track. So just do what you can for today. And that's all I did to get through one day and to the next day. And I mean, now eight months down the line. Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to have received the results that I am in remission. So I'm truly, truly grateful. Wow. Although I still have to go through a lot of um, radiation still. Mm-hmm. And I've just had my double mastectomy. So it's a whole year of treatment. But I mean, I've been very blessed so far. I'm, I'm very, yeah, yeah, I'm optimistic for what mm-hmm. still lies ahead. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, I mean, you also write a lot about, you know, what people should understand about what cancer patients should grow, go through. What kind of support should families and friends be offering um, for um, their, their loved ones who are going through cancer? I think one should just just be there and don't try and... Um, and don't try and fix. You know, I think when somebody gets sick or when something happens, you want to fix everything. Mm. But I think for what ha- what happened with me is a lot of friends just, especially in the time when I had the, the red chemotherapy, I was lying in bed for four days flat. And my husband was working and he just couldn't cope with the idea that I'm lying here and he needs to work. So we had a rotation system where the, my girlfriends used to come. And then they would ring the bell and then one comes and then one goes and the other one comes. And so they used to sit just with me and they used to, um, yeah, just hold my hand. And mm. I know a lot of people want to withdraw during this time, but I mean, your head is so full of, um, you know, what if I die? What if I can't make it? Because nice. I don't have children. Mm. So a lot of women want to obviously be there for their kids. And therefore, you know, they go through a very tough time. But I think to embrace your friends Mm -hmm. and the friendships and what people want to do for you, because I found that that also means a lot to your friends to be able to help you. So I thought at one stage it was, I didn't want to be selfish because a lot of people who aren't very open to help or want to give help, they came about new people, friends, and women stand together. It's amazing the new mm. friends I've made. How people wow. brought me food, and they brought uh, brought me, um, you know, stuff to treat me with. And mm. I, I remember I never used to read a book because you don't feel like reading. But yes. you know, like a soft sweet or a cool drink, or you know, just um, pop in, don't visit for hours. <laughs> All that means so so much to me. And mm. and flowers and. That, I believe, um, 
probably helped me just to stay focused and positive because Mm -hmm. if you stay on your own and you alone it does drag you down and you do feel even worse that's what i believe in myself and finally laurie ann how can uh, our listeners interact with you you know what i think the best would be um is to i don't have a website and i the i'm not good with email <laughs> so the bold and beautiful hats by laurie facebook page when people go on there they can obviously messenger me and then depending on what they want if they want hats then i'll give out my cell phone number mm-hmm. and then i can order like that so that for now i think would probably be the easiest um and the only way to get hold of me is is through the um the Facebook page. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and all the best and we'll definitely be following your journey and following you on Facebook and swell seeing what you are journaling just to encourage us and just all the best Laurie and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me and have a wonderful day. All right, that's our do-gooder, this Donordaha Laurie-Ann Bibak, who is, of course, um, was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and is currently on remission, but she's still going through treatment. But she has started her own line of gorgeous multicolored hats. um, And because obviously when you go through chemo, you lose your hair, but you still want to look stylish. So, So she's done that. And some of these hats she gives out for free, but also offering a platform of encouragement for those that are going through cancer treatment. So after the uh, two o'clock news, we are going to be talking about Aquarium Month. So you want to stay tuned for that. For now, it's two o'clock and Kanisila Manyoni is standing by with the news.